game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. I forget it. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean because of the greatest duo. Fantastic. That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Post Game Pints Podcast with myself, Mitch Gallo, and Sean Campbell. Thank you for joining us on all the different platforms, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and uh, thank you also to uh, LaBras Brewery uh, in the West Island and Cunningham's Pub uh, in St. Anne de Bellevue, and thank you to Trent Tidue Entertainment, and especially the man himself, Dave Trent Tidue. Have you heard the news? Have you heard the news? You know, we've had the the Gallo, the Campbell Gallo beer from LaBrosse. There is now a Trent Dewey Entertainment beer at LaBrosse. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And there are some other things that are coming up, uh, courtesy of Post Game Pints and LaBrosse, that you might want to stay tuned for. So make sure you go to LaBrosse, check it out on LaBrosse in Point Claire. Uh, Mitch, we got lots to catch up on uh, around the world of sports, around the world of hockey, and the Montreal Canadiens. Why don't we start with the rapid fire and uh, let's jump in right with the Canadiens news. I mean, it's news, but everybody knows it's news, but it's not official news. Martin St. Louis coming back next year. Well, it's not official news uh, just yet. And uh, I guess at this point, what I'm most interested in seeing is uh, what the terms of the contract are for somebody who came in with no coaching experience and then coached a handful of games uh, as an interim and uh, did very well and is, uh, is very popular with both uh, the players on the team and, and, and the fan base. But with the, the fact that, you know, you had to fire Claude Julien. You had to fire Dominic Ducharme in year one of a three-year deal. How much term are you actually going to commit? How much money are you actually going to commit? I think I think that's what's going to stand out. Uh, but listen, by by all accounts, it sounds like uh, Marte St. Louis wants to be back coaching. That was the biggest question mark, I think. Yeah. Whether he wanted to be an advisor, work in hockey ops, or actually be behind the bench. And from what he said over the course of the past week or so, uh, it really sounds like he's enjoyed his experience coaching and wants to do it again. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't care about the money because it's not cap related and the Canadians have money. I know that the Canadians, like all organizations, took a hit uh, financially and all that stuff. You have to count your pennies and maybe they're going to try and do this as much as they can. But I think in general, coaches, first time coaches get a certain type of deal. It'll likely be a three year deal. Uh, going to Martin St. Louis, two year deals for a first time coach. That's a weird thing. Three year deal likely going to be the case. A couple million dollars. Um, I'm just curious who his agent is. Does he even have a coaching? Because there's agents for coaches. And we know that Ken Hughes has a relationship. But it, it'll be interesting, the, the negotiations, just from that standpoint. But 
I really don't care about the money. But it's really interesting because a guy that has an interim tag, I've never heard them speak. Ken Hughes, we want him back. You know, we've heard it from Jeff Gordon. Our plan is to have him back. Martin St. Louis, oh, next year when I go to training camp. But you're the interim coach. You, you're not supposed to talk like that. And then he's already he's like, no, no, I'm I'm already planning to be back next year. I want to be back next year. The Canadians said they want him back. Like, to me, this is the easiest thing in the world to do and to get. It just is so weird to hear an interim coach talk that way. Yeah, I, I guess so. But, uh, look, when you, uh, when you start something, especially when you're a competitor like uh, Martin St. Louis, I think you want to see it all the way through. And I yeah. don't think at this point he wants to see what he's done all the way through to the end of this season. I think he wants to see it all the way through until either – uh, he is uh, no longer the uh, coach of the team because they are playing poorly, or he is uh, lifting that Stanley Cup over his head for the second time in his career uh, since he did it once as a player. Um, I, I think if you look at a lot of the things that he's done in the short term here, uh, they have translated to more uh, entertainment uh, with the way that they play. Uh, but I still, you know, it, it, it's one thing, Sean, to come in here and coach a team that is floundering, uh, isn't playing well, isn't showing a lot of effort, and is at the bottom of the standings. You know, it's easy to come in and play the young players and do the things that the fans are craving uh, to see done. But then when you start fresh and you want to win as many games as possible, you want to try to make the playoffs, then when you start, um, you know, peeling back a little bit or uh, putting the stop signs up or, uh, restricting the players with what they're able to do on the ice because you want to win games and sometimes defense is important. Uh, that That is going to be very interesting next year because at some point uh, the honeymoon will end uh, for Martin St. Louis in Montreal. And then can he make a long-term relationship uh, in Montreal as the coach after the honeymoon concludes? Yeah, just a couple of things I liked what he said the other day was he says right now it's more about you know, personal development, individual growth of these players. And you can see he's targeted young players. And it seems that that's something he's very good at. He's motivating these young guys, going in certain directions, changing, adapting their games in a non-pressured situation of not winning games. But then he also spoke, he said, at some point we have to get to the collective winning, the collective good as the team. He hasn't really gotten there. And that's, I think that's the biggest step for yeah. Martin St. Louis. And that's why there's still a question mark. I know everybody loves him. You, the honeymoon, you, you mentioned it, Mitch. Everybody loves him. But when he starts getting into the collective good of the team and you have to put it all together, wins versus losses, because that is the one thing that coaches get judged on. And you're like, okay, maybe it doesn't work. And then you're like, oh, Martin St. Louis should be a development coach because he's perfect for that. It's it's a good situation because there was only one direction for him to go when he showed up. But I, I do think right now with everything that's happening, he's the perfect guy for the job, the situation the Canadians are in. All right. So we move on to who is the perfect guy in the league right now for MVP, the Hart Trophy. Uh, Sean, it's, uh, it's been debated to me with uh, about nine games to go here in the season for most teams. I think the debate is over. Uh, the MVP given to most valuable player to his team. Who do you think it should be? I I kind of want to give it nine more games. I don't want to, you know, hand it over and say, Austin Matthews, it's yours. And it's not because I don't like Austin Matthews or it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it does look like he is the front runner right now. 
But this has been an incredible race. And I don't remember the last time you can really have a legitimate case to six to seven players to win the Hart Trophy. Now, some of these guys just are having career years at the wrong year because someone else is a little bit better. Like I think of uh, Johnny Goudreau. I think he's going to be on the outside looking in when it comes to the nominees. But he, legitimate candidate. Uh, Shesh Turkin with the Rangers. And I know people don't like him in the goalies, but if you're talking about value, to, I think he's going to be on the outside looking in. And it's weird to say this. I think even guys like Drysaddle and McDavid might be on the outside looking in when it comes to the Hart Trophy, just because the expectations haven't really been met in Edmonton, even though they're likely going to make the playoffs and maybe go on and run and do something special. They're all having career 100-point seasons. But to me, it's Matthews, Yossi, and Huberto are in my three. Right now, Matthews is my leader, uh, but I, I don't want to ignore what Roman Yossi has done. I feel like defensemen get overlooked for this award all the time. So what? He's going to win the Norris and the Hart? He was the most valuable to his team. This is an incredible season. And, and Nashville would probably be, I don't know, bottom five team if he if he was done for this season. Uh, and then I, I also think Huberto is, you know, lost to the mix here. It's, it's really, I really like what he's done. And maybe it's because he's a guy that's playing on the wing. But Matthews is a leader. 100% Matthews is a leader. But I still think there could be adjustments in the final nine games. Yeah, you know what? Maybe. Um, I, I, I think that I, I have a hard time giving it to a, to a goalie, uh, just because uh, again, the, the award is most valuable to their team and Sean goalies play 50 to 62 games. Yeah. So how do you, how, how much value is there uh, for a player that is uh, not playing in 15 to 20% of your games? Uh, that, that, that's, that's where I struggle a little bit with the goalie. Not that I'd never give it to a goalie. I think you're right about defensemen. They get overlooked. I mean, the last time a defenseman won uh, the MVP was 1999 uh, when Chris Pronger won it when he was back with the St. Louis Blues. So it's been a real long time. And I've had past years where I, I think you can make a strong argument that the most valuable to their team was Victor Hedman, uh, but he was uh, never really up uh, for the uh, for the Hart Trophy. Nick, Nick Lidstrom. Are you sure? Uh, there's right. been a lot of great defensemen that if you pull them from their team, uh, the result is uh, catastrophic because they play, uh, you know, upwards of uh, 25, 26, 27 minutes. Now, the other thing I'll say about Yossi, I love I love the guy as a player, and I don't think uh, there's a team out there that builds uh, what they try to do more than the Nashville Predators do mm-hmm. with Roman Yossi. He is involved with everything they do on offense. Uh, but, Sean, I put the most value at the center position. I put the most value at goals. Goals are hard to find. Uh, ask the Montreal Canadiens about that. And Austin Matthews is a center who's been scoring goals, who's been solid defensively. And with all due respect to Huberdeau and the numbers he's put up, I don't even think he's the most valuable player on his team. So Austin Matthews, to me, is the runaway winner. I'm not going to give it to him now. There is nine games to go. Yeah. Uh, but I think he is the slam dunk. He is the center who is scoring goals and is pretty good in his own end, too. Uh, he's he's my MVP. Yeah, and I'm not really going to disagree much because I think that's where it's at. But I, I kind of really think Yossi's the closest yeah. to beating yeah, him. No, I'm with you and there. Huberto, because he's wing and because he's on a great team with all these guys that are, he kind of gets... It's weird because Toronto has great players around him too, but it has been a phenomenal season uh, for Austin Matthews. And I'm I'm with you. Goals, 
no offense to assists, goals, you score the goal, you're the last guy who touched the puck. It's just a little bit more valuable. Uh, and and it's unfortunate for the other guys that we mentioned because any other year, they might have been the the Hart Trophy winner. Uh, another one on rapid fire. I want to switch over sports, Mitch. Okay. Major League Baseball is back. And I know that they had the CBA and, you know, they, they changed all these rules and they're finally going to have a full season. I don't know what it is about this first week of action. They, whatever they hammered out in that CBA, every time I look, I see new rules, new concepts, new broadcasting ideas, and I am loving it. I have more than ever dove into a beginning of a major league baseball season now and it has a lot to do with the broadcast i'm flipping on a game joey Votto's mic'd up the whole kiki hernandez in the outfield he's like slow runner on second fast runner on third they're like and they're asking him questions what do you do in this situation he's like well if it's hit hard to me i'm gonna go home but if it's slow and then he tried to go home and it was it was getting into the mind it's like the cfl when they did the live mic games love that stuff uh i'm I'm really enjoying the beginning of the season. Plus, you know, there's just, you know, another sport to get excited for. Yeah. You know what? I'm enjoying the beginning of the season too. Uh, I'll just say uh, very quickly, cause we're a bit pressed on mm -hmm. time. Uh, the one thing I don't like Sean is uh, the catchers having technology to relay uh, the it's signs. Weird. I find that weird. I just, I, I don't like it. it. It bothers me. I think, um, I think you look at crowd and, and the advantages crowd should be able to have. Uh, it, it should be difficult to uh, to relay signs. Uh, it should be harder at night. You should have to tape your hands. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old school. The old paint your fingernails. <laughs> yeah, paint the fingernails. I just I don't know. There's something about it that rubs me a little bit the wrong way. Uh, I, I feel like it it, it messes with the purity of uh, of baseball. I don't like it. All right. Uh, anyways, just let us know what you like or don't like about Major League Baseball and all, some of the things that they're doing this year. You can comment below uh, here on the Post Game Pints podcast, Campbell and Gallo. It's time. We haven't done this in a while. Editor headlines, Mitch. You got a couple editor headlines. I have a couple editor headlines. It either gets a thumbs up. Well, do we have to welcome Dave in? No. Or a thumbs down. You want to see Dave's face? No, we don't want to see Dave's face. Okay. No, we just want to hear Dave. Uh, so, Mitch, you could start us off uh, with your editor headline. Well, um, we you, you started talking to me about uh, baseball. Yes. And uh, one of those teams that's uh, really fun to watch is the San Diego Padres. A lot of mm. star talent on that team. Fernando Tatis Jr. is, uh, is currently uh, out with injury, though. Yeah. So because of that, the Padres have to lean on Manny Machado. So uh, in honor of uh, Homer Simpson, Sean... My headline reads, Machado, Machado, man. I want to be Machado, man. It doesn't go as well as Nacho, man, but I really do like the effort. It really, you know, I like that you brought in the singing for that one. Can't, but, you, can't, uh, you can't, you can't uh, buzz me on the first one. Oh, he definitely can. Because it just, you know, it's Nacho, man. But you just kind of have to play around. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say, since you have baseball, I'll give you my baseball one. I have a baseball one. Uh, it's it's like an editor headline, but I kind of want to make it into a t-shirt and sell this t-shirt. Is that okay? I just want to get a t-shirt with Dave Roberts' face on it, and underneath it says, nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I just want to make t-shirts like it. I feel like it'd be a good seller. 
It's a headline, though, not a T-shirt. We're not yeah, it's a good headline. You can put headline. that headline with his face on it, too, in front of the newspaper. Put Dave Roberts up there and just says, nobody's perfect. Mitch, as a former pitcher, that must bother you. Yes, so, so much. Yeah. 23 perfect games in the 100-plus years of baseball history. And Kershaw is 33 years old, has accomplished everything in the sport of baseball. Crazy. And he would be able to etch his name in the history books. And Dave Roberts screwed that up. Did you hear uh, Kershaw after the game? Yeah, saying all the right he, things. Yeah, he's like, I felt bad for my catcher because, you know, catching a perfect game. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> uh, Sean, uh, my final two uh, have to do with the Canadians going into uh, next season. Yep. Um, as you know, I think you uh, you had mentioned it at one point. Uh, Rem Pitlick uh, is a restricted a free agent with mm. the team. Oh, I like where this is going. So we don't know if he'll be back next year, but I think he will. So my headline reads, don't sleep on REM. I don't know. It, it it depends. If it's nice and clean and comfortable, then maybe you can. I mean, at the first few years when it gets rolling, I think I think it'll be clean and enough. You could probably take a nap. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to go with the Canadians on this one. Uh, so, I mean, it just keeps happening. You know, they they've they traded away Hammond. They traded away McNiven. They keep having to call up Primo. Why? Because the Canadians goaltenders can't stay healthy. We know Price has been out. Allen gets in, and then Allen gets hurt. Now Allen's out, and it always goes back to the same thing. Here we Montembeau again. I didn't. Oh, a mixed oh. bag on that. One. I didn't think he was going to get that one. <laughs> oh, I tried. And uh, I'll uh, I'll finish with uh, training camp for uh, for next year. Uh, Sean, I know at uh, points mm -hmm. uh, we have liked uh, Corey Schuderman uh, with the Canadians, but lately maybe a little less so. So going into uh, camp, uh, my headline reads, Schuderman, no shoo-in. I'd be like, Schuderman is a shoo-in. You think he is? I don't know. No, it's tough. There's, know, there's a big know. competition. There's big competition. All right, my final one on editor headlines. Uh, are I going to go back to Austin Matthews? And we know that the uh, we we like to call it the Toronto media was excited that he got fifty in fifty, but it, Mitch, it really wasn't fifty in fifty. And they, you know, with the graphics and the, you know, in, on par with everybody else that was able to do it. Let's be honest. It's Austin 316, not Austin 50 and 50. I knew any wrestling Steve Austin reference would get a thumbs up from Dave. That's why I went with it. That is Editor Headlines. If you have an Editor Headline or you hated our Editor Headlines, make sure you comment below because nobody's perfect. A uh, little pop quiz to wrap this up uh, on Post Game Pints. Uh, let's Mitch go. Gill. All right. Um, let's see. I'll start things off. Nice, easy one for you. Okay. Nice, easy one for you. I wonder how many names you can get here. Uh, let's go five. One, two, three, four. Go four. Like to know, Mitch Gallo, the top four seasons in the National Hockey League for most goals with zero shorthanded goals. So you have the most goals in the season, but you scored zero shorthanded goals top four seasons 
All right, so you got to think of guys that don't kill penalties. Yes. Uh, did Gretzky kill penalties? I'll go with Gretzky. Uh, Gretzky had like crazy amount of shorthanded goals. I think he has the most shorthanded goals of all time. He really? has the most goals, but yeah. You got to uh, Mario. Uh, no, Mario had uh, seasons with uh, when he scored all those goals. All right, I'll uh, I'll say Brett Hall didn't score a lot of short days. Definitely, Brett Hall was not a shorthanded guy. His eighty-six goal season, zero shorthanded when he had eighty-six in a season. All right, I'm gonna guess because of the question, uh, Austin Matthews. I know he doesn't kill penalties. Uh, nope. Uh, Austin Matthews just haven't had enough goals to be on this list. Okay, these, these uh, goal totals are high. Alex Ovechkin. Uh, Alex Ovechkin. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you. He's like sixth on the list. His sixty-five goal season. I wrote him down. He's 65 goal season. He had zero shorthanded goals. All right. Maybe as a rookie, Timu Solani wasn't killing penalties. Timu Solani was definitely not killing penalties as a rookie when he scored 76 goals. He had zero shorthanded goals. And maybe in the same season, Alex McGillney wasn't out there on the PK. Alex McGillney had zero shorthanded goals. It's funny because that season with Buffalo, when he scored 76, he had zero shorthanded goals. But when he was in Vancouver with Burray, they used to put McGillney and Burray shorthanded together. Oh. I love coaches like that. Come on. Like, why don't yeah. we have that anymore? Because Burray has like a crazy amount of shorthanded goals. They love throwing him out shorthanded because he was so dangerous. I'm looking for one more. It's a little bit of an older player, but he was, yeah. He was at the same type of role. What do you mean older? Older, like... Generational uh, than those guys. So did, did Bossy kill penalties? 69 goals for Mike Bossy. That is the one you were looking for. Uh, that season, he had zero shorthanded goals. It's funny. I went on this list because I, I'm trying to figure out... I was trying to find the most goals this season in the National Hockey League without scoring a power play goal. And I was like, man, this list is just too hard. So I went the other direction when I was looking it up. Do you know who has the most goals this season in the NHL without a power play goal? Matthews? No, with a power play goal. Oh, what do yeah, you mean? Without a power play goal. Most without goals a power this... play goal. Yeah, oh. that's because that's, that's, that's what I was looking up, but I was no, like, the no, answer is no, just no, too no hard. Idea. Yeah, it's uh, Carter Verhage. 22 goals this year. No, no other, But if you have everybody else has a power play goal. Even Phil Deneau has one power play goal this year. Sean, <laughs> uh, I'm going to save mine for you, if that's okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Save it for another time. We'll save it. That's fine. Well, that works for me. See, I gave you two anyways. There you go. Yeah. I want to give a little shout out to betonline.ag. Cheers. Betonline.ag. Um, uh, anytime you need or want to place a wager, check out mm -hmm. betonline.ag. And uh, yeah, soon I think we're going to have a promo code to get you yes. a special discount as well. Stay tuned for that. It's coming. That's all the time we have for you on the Post Game Pints podcast. Uh, don't forget to uh, click, listen, and smash uh, that subscribe button. We'll be back uh, next week with more fun topics and segments like editor headlines. And, Sean, thank you to you and Dave. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. Awesome! No, 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 no. Hey! Come on. BBF.